Hello and welcome back to my channel. My name is Dapmaric Couch Potato, and if you're new to my channel, welcome. I make uh, podcast videos uh, on things that I find of interest. Um, so I hope you enjoy my episodes. Uh, today's episode will be on the city of Stoke on Trent. Uh, if you've not listened to my videos before, I recently started a history musing series. Well, when I say recently, I mean back in uh, December 2022, where I talk about different um, parts of the UK that I visited um, that I think are, are of interest, and I thought I'll just uh, mention the history and some of the um, things you can see if you ever get a chance to visit there. So my first episode focused on the city of Chester, which is right here. It's on the border between uh, north of England and North Wales. Um, it's a very nice city, um, very small, so you can see quite a lot of things within uh, you know, a few days. Uh, and then I moved on to the village of Kiel. Now, I was based in Kiel for my degree, my first degree in natural sciences. I actually have a video, uh, sorry, an audio podcast on Kiel uh, University and also like the natural science degree I did. Um, and I've also done a video podcast on the history of Kiel University. That was my recent video. It is pretty long, around uh, just just under two hours. So I'm going to try and keep today's episode quite short um, so that you, you guys don't get bored. So today's topic would be on the city of Stoke-on-Trent. It's actually not far from the village of Kiel and Kiel University. If you do decide to go to Kiel to study uh, whatever course, uh, you will most likely come into, Han- into Hanley, especially which is part of Stoke-on-Trent, to um, come for like any major shoppings. Other times you would be pay- you would be going to Newcastle under Lyme to do most of your uh, grocery shopping. But I'll talk more about that. As I go along. Um, so let me just zoom out uh, of the map here. So here is the map of the UK. Um, and the red pin is where uh, Stoke-on-Trent is. So you can see the outline here, uh, the red outline where I'm pulling my cursor. Um, typically, people always said that Stoke-on-Trent is in the Midlands. Uh, and when they mean when they say that they mean Midlands of England, because uh, if you say middle of the UK, it's not really quite middle of the UK. Uh, still south, because you know, when you take into consideration Scotland and the islands that are part of Scotland, uh, Midlands would be more kind of like north of England um, area. So Stoke, I would say, is uh, in the Midlands, so specifically around uh, like the north, uh, northwest Midlands, I would say. Um, so yeah. So, Stoke, uh, I call it Stoke, uh, uh, Stoke-on-Trent is often abbreviated to Stoke. People don't really say Stoke-on-Trent, it's kind of a mouthful. Uh, And it's actually a city as well, uh, uh, with an area of 36 square miles, 93 kilometers square, and has around a population of just under 300,000 people, uh, which means it's the uh, largest settlement in Staffordshire. So Staffordshire is the county that uh, Stoke-on-Trent is part of, along with Kiel and Kiel University. Uh, obviously, there are other parts of it, uh, other areas as well uh, in Staffordshire uh, that also are quite nice to visit. Um, so yeah, 
So Stoke's actually really interesting in the fact that it's polycentric. It means it has quite a few different um, centres of authority or control. Um, actually, Stoke-on-Trent's formed by six towns, and this came into being in 1910. Um, so the towns that uh, form um, Stoke-on-Trent are Burslem, Tunstall, Stoke-upon-Trent, Hanley, Fenton and Longton, and they form the single county borough of Stoke-on-Trent. Um, I think one of the reasons it came about was due to the um, Staffordshire Potteries industry that, um, um, that were really popular in Staffordshire. I'll mention more about the potteries uh, as I go along, but um, you can uh, read more about why Stoke-on-Trent became a federation online. I feel like if I start mentioning it in this video, it's going to take too long. Um, so, the six towns I mentioned, Hanley, which is right here, is the main uh, commercial um, centre. So this is where you would go if you're a student at Keele University or even at Staffordshire University, which is right here. Hanley um, is where you would go if you want to visit the uh, the pottery shopping centre. So I'm just zooming in here now. So this shaded area, which involves Sunnywold to the north there, and all the way down to um, the Glan shopping centre, it's part of uh, the potteries. Uh, Pottery's um, shopping centre. So it's quite a big, big shopping centre. Let me just see if I can do a street view. Um, so yep. So um, this section here is the car parking for the potteries. So when you come, uh, you usually turn into here to park your car. You do have to pay for it, um, but it also leads to the sunny world. Um, and some big restaurants as well, so like uh, things like Nando's, Pizza Express, they're on this side. And then you would take this um, subway thing to go uh, into the main shopping area, which is the bit here. Um, and that has your big, uh, big shops like you know, Primark and um, all the other um, things that you might uh, have clothing stuff as well that might find of interest. Um, so this is again just the shopping centre from the Outlook. Um, um, obviously Debenhams is still kind of there even though it's been closed uh, from business from, for many years. Um, but I'm not quite sure if um, you can still use the entrance from Debenhams to go into the shopping centre because um, usually when in the past when I have come to the potteries to do shopping uh, we would enter through here, so it's through um, the shopping centre, and you can also enter through Dublin's as well, but I think that might be close now. Um, and this is the road that you would be coming up if you're coming from the bus station. So I'll just show you the city centre Wall Street here. Um, obviously, the Potteries is the main shopping centre for like a lot of clothes. We also have things like TK Maxx that's out here. And then there are other shops as well that are of interest when my Wi-Fi does decide to work, thank you. Um, so things like there's Greg's, um, you know, KFC, um, like some other um, shops like Forbidden Planet, that was quite a cool one to go to when I was there. Um, so it's, it's 
it's quite a busy town centre. There's usually like a shop for everything. Quite a lot of charity shops as well. So if you're a student like I was, uh, well, I lived in Kiel, um, you know you can get some like really interesting uh, clothes and souvenirs from like the charity shop. So ten ten. Um, recommend um, visiting uh, this centre when you have the time uh, to do so. Uh, also you have a Wilkinson savers so you can get some fairly um, affordable like toiletries and household stuff from savers and Wilco. Ryman's I believe are a stationery shop um, and if you need a, that kind of equipment as well you can get them uh, there as well. Bon Marsh is a clothing shop um, so we just go up this road here and that will take you to the, um, the bus station, so this uh, station, so Litchfield Street I believe it's, it's called, and the Hanley bus station is uh, right here on the right, so this newish building. Um, so this is the entrance you would take, you would get out of to get, um, to start walking towards the city centre. Um, I'll just show you this venue here. This is the Victoria Theatre. If you get a chance to visit, um, um, do so. They do a lot of plays, uh, comedy, music, uh, play, music um, events. Um, it's like uh, other events that go as well, like book tours as well. Um, so definitely worth a visit. So that's the Victoria Hall. Um, there's also uh, the Potteries Museum and Art Gallery. That's um, of a, a free museum to go to and it has the history of all the uh, other area pretty much from like you know the uh, yeah, Victorian times as well as the Roman times as well there are some Roman remains they have this plane I believe it's a um, Spitfire I think it's a Spitfire uh, when I last went uh, the Spitfire wasn't in this location it was in a different area let me see the picture yep it was in this section and it was, uh, we were told that it was, um, that th this room was built around the Spitfire because it was quite a big plane um, to be taken into uh, the museum. So this section was built, but obviously they moved the Spitfire since then. I think I went to this museum back in 2017, I think, so 2016, 2017, so obviously changes are due. Um, and they go have like uh, taxidermy sections as well, and like different rooms dedicated to different historical sections, um, like this one for example. Um, so definitely worth a visit. Um, this looks like a what would have been a pharmacy back, you know, 1800s perhaps. Um, so yeah, definitely worth a visit, and I believe it is free to uh, enter. Uh, you just have to pay for any exhibition uh, that's going on, the temporary exhibitions. Um, but yeah, so there's quite a lot of like shops around Hanley as well, apart from just the museum. So uh, there's also another theatre, the Regent's Theatre, um, if you wanted to go again see more like plays and stuff. Um, unfortunately I never really went um, to any of the theatre shows in, when I was at Kiel, um, but I'm sure um, it is, uh, they are nice venues. Um, looks like it from the pictures. So quite a lot of shops and stuff like that um, and if you were coming to Hanley from Kiel you would simply have to take the number 25 bus um, that would bring you directly to Hanley bus station you don't even have to get off anywhere just sit in there uh, just make sure you 
take the boss that says Hanley, because uh, sometimes they will stop at just Newcastle underline that that's the nearest town to Kiel, which is right here. Sometimes they will just stop at the bus station there and um, you'll be stuck. Um, so just make sure that you take the bus that says Hanley. Uh, and that bus actually also goes through the hospital. So the Royal Stoke Hospital is the main hospital in Staffordshire, uh, sorry, in, in Stoke-on-Trent. Um, they also actually have a helipad um, somewhere. Uh, they do have a helipad, so if you're, you know, hiking, for example, in the Peak District, uh, parts of it, parts of the Peak District does come into Staffordshire. Um, you might be, uh, and if you get into an accident, you might end up being uh, airlifted to Royal Stoke Hospital. Uh, it is the University Hospital, so if you're doing medicine, uh, medicine or midwifery, rehab science, nursing. Uh, physiotherapy, any of the health science, uh, paramedic science at Keele University that involves having um, having um, placements, this is the hospital that you will be pretty much based in. If you are a medical student, uh, wrong way. if you are a medical student uh, at Keele, you will be based in um, this uh, hospital from your third uh, year onwards, so it's a uh, Come on, Wi-Fi. Thank you. Uh, so it's a pretty, um, like, it's fairly new in terms of, like, redevelopment. Um, wait, let me just show you where the university uh, building is based. In the hospital, it's just got to come out here. Uh, it's kind of hidden behind the trees, but... Um, uh, yeah, so this... This building on the left that's just coming up, uh, this is part of the Kiel Medical School. It says Kiel University Medical School there. Um, and this is the building you'll be in for your three to uh, any lectures you have from your third, fourth, and fifth year. I'm not too sure about the nursing students. I'm guessing they'll also be in here if they need um, to have studies. I'll just show you uh, a bit inside um, the hospitals also. You can just have a look um, if you need to. Uh, like I said, the number 25 bus from the university does come into the hospital here, uh, and there's two stops for the university, uh, for, for, sorry, for the bus to get off and get on at. So this is one bus stop. This bus stop is the one that you would uh, use if you need to um, need to actually uh, come back to the campus, come back to Kiel University, or go go towards Newcastle. Uh, there's a shortcut here that will take you to the uh, main hospital entrance. Um, and this is one of the the, uh, the first stop that you will, uh, if you want need to go to occupational therapy, which I think is kind of here, this is the stop you would take, you would get off here. Um, oh, these are another bus company that exists, D&G buses. Um, this particular bus doesn't go towards uh, the university, uh, but it does go to Newcastle, so you can go, um, you can take it to Newcastle and then perhaps if you need to go to another venue, no, useful to have, but if you need to go towards Kiel University campus uh, or even the Staffordshire University campus, the number 25 bus is what you need to take. Um, and then once you um, see this second, this second stop here, this is where you will need to get off. Usually this stop is pretty busy because the main entrance to the hospital is right there. Um, so this is the stop you will need to get off. Um, if you are going to the uh, main entrance, which is 
here, this building here. Um, usually this stop is pretty busy anyway, so if you forget to press the bell in the bus, uh, they tend to stop whenever the bus drives because um, a lot of people always take it. And then um, the other bus station that you could also uh, take the bus towards campus is right here. So this one will take you back to campus. Uh, this direction will actually lead you into Hanley. Um, good on there. Let me just show you the main entrance. So this is where you would come if you need to drop um, people off. Um, so a lot of taxis um, would come here. So, pardon. Uh, so they would um, uh, drop you off uh, right here. Uh, and this is the front entrance when it does load uh, the Wi-Fi. Um, so I've noticed that actually quite a few hospitals now have started doing this. Uh, a farmer's market now tends to exist outside the main buildings of the, of the uh, hospitals. Uh, pretty useful, they don't last long, I think till stocks last. Um, so you are allowed to, uh, you can buy you know fruits and vegetables, uh, I've seen like nut mixes as well being sold there. So if you needed to do your grocery shopping, especially for a night shift, you know, and you don't really want to go to the supermarket after you, you know, come back from work. Um, the farmer's market is a pretty good uh, convenience because uh, it is located right outside the entrance and hopefully you can find most things that you need there. Also, you know, if you're, if you're a fruit person and like, you'd like to have fruits uh, for lunch, you can, they, they used to do like the fruit salad mix bowls as well. I remember seeing them when I used to go. Uh, come to this hospital for volunteering. Um, so they, uh, it is there, and uh, they are decently priced. I did think they were a bit pricey compared to the markets, but I don't know how much it is now. Um, some of them also have eggs, uh, so you literally can buy like pretty much most of your weekly shopping in these farmers markets. Uh, so again, very conveniently, um, conveniently placed. Um, just to bear it. Uh, just a heads up as well, car parking in the UK in all the hospitals are pretty pricey. So, um, if you can get, if you, if you know you're going to be there for like, you know, a long time, either ask someone to drop you off, or uh, perhaps looking in, uh, looking to get in the buses. Um, if I just zoom back here, so you see the two buses here, so these are what the buses look like, uh, the Potteries buses, so that, that's the company that owns these buses, the Potteries. Uh, so this like pinky white uh, blue bus and uh, it will say the 25 one here, number 25. So this is the bus you will need to take if you're going towards uh, Kiel University. This is the bus you will need to take uh, if you're going towards Hanley. Uh, obviously in the UK people drive uh, on a different side compared to most countries in the world. So just, uh, just make sure that you um, know your way. Uh, around the cars, uh, the driving uh, side, so they don't get confused and take the wrong bus. Um, when I was st uh, studying at Kiel, I believe the day tickets on the potteries was about £5. Uh, I don't know if they still are £5, uh, but it was £5 a day and it allowed me to like pretty much travel on any of the potteries buses, so I can go anywhere around still contract with that bus, uh, bus pass. So. Uh, was like quite a good, good deal. Uh, singles, I think, the student ticket cost me around one pound eighty to get from Kiel to 
uh, Newcastle, but if I was going to the hospital for volunteering, I would always take the, uh, the day ticket because it was cheaper to get the day ticket than two singles uh, from the university to the hospital. Um, so just a heads up. So that's just a bit about Hanley. Um, other places like Tunstall, you know, um, there's a lot of like parks around this area. Um, you know, like collieries as well, Staffordshire did have a lot of uh, coal mines um, and um, that played a big role in the uh, Staffordshire pottery industry. Um, another thing about Stoke as well is the um, the football club. So Portville is a football club, uh, but Stoke City is probably the, the best known football team um, in in um, in the area, and I'm just trying to find out whether uh, um, oh here we are. That's the Bet Three Six Five Stadium. So this is the main stadium for the um, for the uh, Stoke City Football Club. One of the most famous players uh, for Stoke City was Sir Stanley Matthews. Um, so he was very popular and um, he's I think like one of the best players to come out of uh, Stoke City. So that's the um, grounds from the aerial view. Uh, it's actually a really nice place, Stoke. Um, I um, it yeah I enjoyed my living there. Um, the houses as well were like pretty affordable. Um, so 1010 recommend if you're interested in moving to Stoke on Trent, uh, there's some really nice areas. Um, and if you want to have like uh, to get houses like uh, fairly affordable prices, I would definitely recommend Stoke. Um, especially since the train station, Stoke on Trent um, train station, which is right next to the Staffordshire University. And I do find it. So Staffordshire University is here, that's the other university in. In, uh, in the area, so the main two are Keele and Staffordshire. Uh, they have big rivalries as you do, um, and it's pretty um, pretty good rivalry. Um, it's actually very conveniently placed to the train station. Uh, so let me just show you a street view. Um, so this is uh, part of the Staffordshire uh, University on uh, on the left here. Uh, as I never studied here, I didn't really know much about the about the courses that they offer. Um, so again, it's it's up to you to do your own research about um, places you wanna um, like about the courses they offer if you wanna if you're thinking of studying in Stoke. Um, this bit oh, not here. Uh, this building on the left here is the local sixth form club, so again another educational institution and they offer some degree level courses but they usually cater for courses that uh, offer the last two years of high school, so you know like your edibles, VTECs, um, etc. Uh, and then the train station is actually right here, so the Stoke-on-Train sixth form centre is here and you have the Stafford University just down here. The station is literally right here on the left. Um, so we have to go down uh, again, very conveniently placed. Um, and the bus stop for this station is actually kind of far, so it's um, 
uh, it's just here. So that's the uh, bus station bus stop sign there where the, the person is crossing, and this is the railway uh, railway station. So a uh, very nice looking building um, has three platforms, I believe three. Yeah. The third one, uh, I know for certainly you can actually take the uh, slow train to um, to uh, Manchester. Uh, opposite the uh, the train station is the uh, one of the hotels, North uh, North Stafford Hotel. If you need to stay for the night, um, you know that's a good option. Um, they also have a subway right inside here. Um, if you want to do have like a more cheaper option of eating. Because the cafes inside the uh, train stations all over the UK are kind of pricey. Um, so maybe bring your own food and drink. Um, yeah, um, so that's just but that's just the um, station. And um, if I was to zoom out actually, uh, you'll notice that Stoke-on-Trent is pretty conveniently located uh, between Manchester and Birmingham. So Manchester to the north. Birmingham to the, to the south, um, and you can actually get one straight train from Stoke-on-Trent to Manchester and to Birmingham. So to Manchester it takes about 40-ish minutes to one hour, depending on whether you take the slow train or the fast train. Um, you know, you don't have to buy the tickets in advance, you can buy it on the day, sometimes they go pretty cheap on the day. Uh, if you're going to Birmingham, I believe it's uh, one uh, one straight train. So these are some of the uh, ticket um, company that uh, train company that come to uh, Stoke, so around the West Coast, uh, cross country EMR. Um, it's also good to Birmingham, takes about one hour, just over an hour by train. Um, and London as well, you can get one direct train to London Euston if you need to, if you live in London, for example, or if you need to go to the uh, bigger London airports. Um, so sorry, yeah, I just mentioned it'll be going to Manchester Piccadilly, that's the main station in Manchester, and then Birmingham New Street from uh, Stoke-on-Trent. Um, Birmingham, uh, when I was there, I actually went to visit the um, the um, Christmas markets. Um, so they're there every year, uh, and it's uh, the German Christmas markets, and um, they're pretty nice. You can find quite a lot of like. Um, nice food and Birmingham New Street is right here and you know it's near uh, the big big shopping centre Bullring I think it's called um, and um, if you're not particularly if you're not particularly interested in the Christmas markets uh, or if you wanted a break from the cold weather I recommend going to the uh, the library which is actually near, near there um, I'm not sure what it's called actually, I think it's just the Birmingham Library. Um, that's a really nice place and also uh, it's another free museum as well. Uh, I believe that's towards the end of the um, end of the um, uh, of the market. So if you're like cold and you want to you know, see something else, um, I recommend the museum uh, as well. It's free entry uh, along with the library as well. Um, Manchester as well has quite a lot of like big uh, shopping uh, malls, just like uh, Birmingham. So you know, if you wanted some of the bigger shops, for example, the Primark in Birmingham is like over four floors, um, and they have like a hair salon and uh, restaurant as well. Um, the one in Stoke is nice, but it is kind of small. 
Um, but you know, you still have things that you need. But if you wanted like more, more clothes, like uh, more shops uh, to browse, um, then I would recommend going to Manchester. If you have um, if you have a car, I would recommend the Old Trafford Centre in um, in um, Manchester. But you, you know, you can still go to the city centre and like say, for example, the Arndale Centre. You can still do shopping there if you needed to. Uh, and again. Manchester has quite a lot of museums, if you're interested in museums like I am. Um, um, Manchester Cathedral as well, free entry, so lots of things to see and do uh, in, around, in and around Stoke. So one thing I want to mention um, is the Pottery Museum, so, uh, apparently it's currently closed, so, but Gladstone Pottery Museum uh, is one of the few um, museums that still produce like um, pottery bear, um, essentially. Um, so since the 17th century, uh, you know, Staffordshire, or this part of Staffordshire, which I believe is not Staffordshire, West of Trentis, uh, this area has been known uh, almost uh, for uh, industrial scale pottery um, industry. Uh, and the reason it came to be such a prolific uh, area for pottery industries due to the local availability of clay, salt, lead and coal. So if you listen to my previous video, um, you'll know that I mentioned a bit about the Raven Mason collection. I'll put a link up to this uh, as well for the Raven Mason collections if you want to visit that whilst you're at Kiel University. But the, the Masons family were one of the producers of, uh, one of many rather producers of uh, ceramic potteries uh, in the back in the 17th 18th century. Uh, I think they had their factory in Fenton. Um, this particular one, Gladstone Pottery Museum, uh, I think it's in. Uh, I think it's in uh, Long, Longton. Yeah, Longton. Um, so again, still in, still under the Stoke-on-Trent city, but just a different part of it. Um, and they, they're known for producing a lot of like earthenware, stoneware and porcelain in large quantities. So like I said previously, um, you know, the people that used to own Kiel University, Sneed family, they were coal miners. And then the Masons, they were like another family that made uh, their fortune with ceramics. Uh, and their descendants, they actually left, uh, they didn't have any heirs. So in 1993, donated quite a lot of their... Um, Mason collection that they have inherited over time to their uh, to the university. So I will put a link up um, that you can look into if you're thinking of visiting the Raven Mason collections in Kiel University. It is free, um, and they are they were pretty unique to the fact that they made a lot of like uh, um, pottery uh, items that were very um, highly based on like Japanese and Chinese. Um, artwork. Now the reason for this is, uh, you know, before the pottery industry really took over uh, in in Staffordshire, um, a lot of uh, the, you know, potteries were being imported from Japan and China with their kind of like um, artwork and like the really fine artwork that you find in, from the um, from the Far East. Well, obviously they were expensive, so only the super duper rich people could afford um, to have um, these like ceramic plates that I'm showing you in the screen right here. So, you know, 
people start saying, thinking, okay, let's try and make it in in the area. And since the 17th century, Staffordshire, old Stoke-on-Trent has been quite a big major producer of uh, ceramic works. Um, unfortunately, uh, so by the late 18th century, rather at this point, it's all going good for the uh, ceramics. So North Staffordshire was the largest producer of ceramics in Britain. Uh, in Britain. Uh, even though there was like other centres around the country and around the globe, uh, and you know by the 19th century people kind of knew a lot about the Staffordshire potteries because of how global scale it, it was. Uh, these um, pottery works were being done in. Um, unfortunately, production started kind of declining in the 19th century, even more so after the World War Two. Uh, now we don't really get a lot of um, uh, places that still do it, but you know, Gladstone Pottery Museum, I believe they still still do continue to make these, so definitely worth um, worth uh, looking into as well. Um, so, so unfortunately, a bit of a dying industry, but you know, there are people still who continue it, and I would definitely recommend visiting. Um, the museum there as well. Uh, there's also the world of Wedgwood. Wedgwood, um, found by uh, Josiah Wedgwood. Um, I believe this is him. And it was established in 1759. This company, they too make ceramics. Um, kind of a bit more uh, upscale, posh, I suppose you want to call it. Um, uh, ceramics. Um, I didn't actually get a chance to go to the Wedgwood. Um, uh, world of Edgewood, uh, but highly recommend if you are able to. Um, and their ceramics as well, you know, took them around the world, and um, yeah, uh, get a nice place to visit if you're interested in um, looking at like different uh, types of um, different types of uh, um, pottery collections. So that was the world of Edgewood. So next on the list that I would recommend uh, visiting if when you're in Stoke is the uh, Trentham Estate. So uh, the Trentham Estate happens to be in the village of Trentham, which is right here to the north, where my cursor is there. Um, and it's still kind of in Stoke, but like on the southern side of it. So this estate was initially recorded in the Doomsday Book in 1086 and at that time it happened to be a royal manor um, and before that it used to be an Augustinian uh, priory which was then followed by a convent um, and then Trentham Priory was kind of in this area until um, until the dissolution of the monastery so from like, the 11th century until I think the 1500s um, it used to be a, a priory, a Trentham Priory. Um, I don't think you can actually see a lot of the um, a lot of the uh, remnants of the priory anymore. Uh, I certainly didn't see it when I went. Um, but however, if you are uh, going and if you do find it, do uh, do let me know on the chat. Um, so this picture here that I'm showing to you is part of the uh, Trentham Hall, I believe, part of the Trentham Hall. 
Um, so back in 1540, so this is after the monastery was abolished by King Henry VIII, uh, the property was sold uh, to this Wolverhampton wool merchant called uh, James Levison. Just a bit of geography, Wolverhampton uh, south of um, Staffordshire. Uh, it, it's not part of Staffordshire, it's, uh, it belongs to a separate county, uh, but it's still in, in the Midlands. Uh, so not far from Birmingham. Uh, so yeah, so James Levison, uh, he bought this um, Trentham estate uh, back in 1540. Um, pretty much like you know, built their own houses um, over time. So first it was a large Elizabethan house um, that was then demolished to make to make way for a later Georgian property. Um, and you know, there's a lot. Of uh, demolitions and rebuilding that happened pretty much it. So around 730, uh, John, another of the Leveson uh, family, John Leveson Goa, who was the first Earl of Goa, he built uh, a hall based on Buckingham House. Um, Buckingham House now is Buckingham Palace. Uh, and then his son ended up uh, altering that again. Um, so the remnants that you saw on the picture here, let me just show you. So this actually dates from the eight, from between 1830 to 1842 and was actually designed by Charles Barry, who was working on the rebuild of the Palace of Westminster. Uh, he was later commissioned by the Second Duke of uh, Sutherland. Um, so I believe over time this mansion um, ended up being property of the Dukes of Sutherland, they had um, their, their Staffordshire seat um, and they um, had a Lancelot Capability Brown uh, to design their park. Um, so this is the 18th and 19th century park. Very, very pretty. I went in May and it, it looked precisely like this picture that I'm showing you on the screen now. Um, so if you know who Lancelot Brown is, I believe he was a prolific uh, architect, so like a landscape architect. And he, you know, had quite a lot of different projects. Um, and I think one of his perhaps prolific uh, um, projects would have been, I want to say, um, Chatsworth House. But he definitely also had um, his, uh, he had quite a lot of other but I think Chatsworth House Gardens as well uh, were designed by him. So he did quite a lot of like um, Italian-esque type gardens. So you can actually see a mini version of the Italian gardens in um, in uh, let me just show you a picture in Kiel as well. Uh, and I think they must have taken the inspiration from uh, sorry from the University Kiel University, uh, and they must have taken the inspiration from Trentham Estate. Um, so yeah, so, um, yeah, eventually, you know, in the 20th century, the house kind of, you know, wasn't really used much and, uh, you know, it, it fell into disrepair and it was demolished and it was one of many to be demolished in the 20th uh, century and, um, uh, would say a great loss to the, um, era. So um, the River Trent, uh, 
which is like the main river that flows through uh, Staffordshire, so you know, you'll see it here on the map here. It uh, no longer f uh, fed the Trentham Lake, um, even though it's still past the edge of it, so I think um, all the sewage uh, from the nearby potteries kind of like polluted it, uh, polluted the area, so it meant that you couldn't really live in the estate anymore. Uh, and in 1905, it was abandoned as a house of residence by the, the Sutherland, the Duke of Sutherland. Uh, and I believe one of the Dukes uh, wanted to offer it to Staffordshire County Council as a um, to be used as a uh, higher institute education to possibly house the new North Staffordshire College. Um, however, the council didn't really want to have the estate opened as a um, opened as a um, um, uh, higher institute plates. Um, so they they didn't really want it. So eventually. Um, this fell apart. Um, also, due to the fact that the pollution from the uh, river could make it make it the estate more undesirable to live in, so um, I think they didn't really want to risk that, I suppose. Um, and then the Dukes again offered the estate to the Six Potteries town, um, and obviously after 1910, with the Six Towns merged again. The new Stoke on Trent Corporation refused um, to buy the estate due to big um, high maintenance costs. So, eventually, in 1912 to 13, uh, the fourth Duke of Sutherland at that point he demolished the, the hall. Um, however, you know, parts of the building were still there. So, the sculpture gallery, uh, the parish church, and um, let me see the uh, and the clock tower were also um, still uh, still there. Trentham um, Hall ruins. Here you go. So you know we can still see parts of the ruins. So this is the clock tower that still is there. They're still um, there. So this is they are listed the remnants of it. So I don't think you can do a lot of like properties. Uh, however, um, you know, some of this company did buy it uh, in 1996 um, to, like, to restore the landscape to its, to its former glory. Um, however, you know, they pretty much restored uh, the estate around here, so the Trentham Estate, which is this big shopping area. Uh, let me just see if I can get, uh, and it has a lot, quite a lot of different shops, um, you can, my green the right back here, you can come to, yep, um, shopping, and they, the, the company that bought the estate in 1906, they, um, ended up, like, creating this big garden centre, for example, here, uh, very nice, kind of pricey garden centre, and then if you go down here, there's quite a few, like, restaurants, like Frankie Benny's, for example, and also, like, more shops, um, uh, and car parks as well. Uh, let me just show you some of the shops uh, this has to offer. So things like uh, jewelleries, um, you know, you can buy like jewelers and like outdoor shops as well. And they're like, um, they're very quaint looking um, shops, these, um, uh, this area. So this is what the new development that came about in the late 21st century produced. 
these like boutique shops in a sense. Um, but look, they're usually more busier than this. I'm not sure why it looks kind of empty. Maybe it's like uh, taking up the clothing time. Uh, well, you know, you can find quite diff different shops here. So Edinburgh Woman Mill is a popular clothing shop um, in the UK. Um, and they have like uh, candle shops as well, like uh, the one here on, on the left. Uh, and there's quite like a few different eating areas as well, cafes, you know, coffee shops. And this actually is the entrance to the Trentham estate uh, that I just showed you pictures of. Don't worry, I'll go back to the Trentham estate. Um, but this is the, the shopping area of the um, estate. So quite a lot of things and I hope you can, you know, find something to buy here. They do actually have a factory shop, uh, ceramic factory shop called Danoon. Uh, I'm not quite sure where it is, let me just find it on the Eagle Eye view. And this particular shop, uh, they sell ceramics, uh, all made in the local area. You can actually buy it online as well, it's Danoon, D-U-N-O-O-N, um, Danoon, um, um, ceramics. Um, but, um, yeah, and, uh, I got a travel mug from there, and, um, uh, it felt nice to wear it, nice to buy it, because it was, you know, local made, so you're supporting local, um, local, uh, um, uh, local companies. And being a medical student, uh, I was also specifically pleased about one of, quite a few of the mugs that they had, they were, like, science-related mugs. So you had one on the anatomy of the human body, uh, and you had one on the, um, um, like the, uh, sci the biology sciences, also like, um, information on, um, like DNA testing and like how DNA was found. It's pretty cool. Um, I can't seem to find it on here, um, but I will list up the place so you can see. So I just want to show you this uh, lake, Trentham Lake, uh, it's one of the lakes that formed um, part of uh, the biggest state and like I said it was um, fed initially uh, by the river Trent. Um, so um, you can, um, I don't know if you can fish anymore here, but I don't think you can, but you know over time it would have been used as a uh, fishing lake I suppose um, but you can you know if you want to go for a walk around you can um, do so you know and it's a really nice place especially in the summer um, and the pretty uh, pretty nice area to go anytime actually I would say so Trentham Gardens they do actually do quite a lot of like um, events as well so do check them out if you're interested uh, another high point of Trentham is the uh, Trentham Monkey Forest. Um, so it's the first wildlife park of its kind was opened in 2005 and it consists of 60 acres of forest and they contain around 140 Barbary macaws that look a bit like these monkeys that I'm showing, well the exact monkey type. Uh, and they are pretty much free to wander around this forest, uh, this area. And you have like a 0.75 miles, so around 1.21 kilometer path 
through the forest along which you can walk, um, and the monkeys pretty much ro roam around uh, the area. Uh, there are no barriers between the forest and the path, uh, however, you know, do make sure you keep to the path because the monkeys, cause the monkeys know to avoid you. You don't want to like um, upset them either. Um, and I believe the park is owned by the De Turkhamine family. Um, and they and the park is pretty much open from uh, April and October. Uh, other times they are closed, but they are open during like the weekends and school holidays in February, March, and November. Uh, do do check out the population before you go. Do sorry, do check out the price and opening times before you go as well. Um, I went there once to volunteer uh, to clean up their habitat slightly to make sure there was like no, uh, you know, um, like tree branches and stuff on the floor. Um, so yeah, it was a fun experience and the monkeys were pretty pretty harmless, they didn't do anything. They were, they were curious but they, you know, kept themselves themselves because they, they realised that we were not going to, you know, attack them or anything. Um, so yeah, that's just a bit about the um, Trentham Monkey Forest. So um, just a bit of interest, a bit of history about the uh, gardens as well. Let me see if I can do like a street view. So like I said, it is a Italian type garden, uh, Italian at gardens rather, and they, uh, I think it's around just over 300 acres or 120 hectares, hectares, uh, hectares of land, um, obviously depending on what season you're going to, um, you know, it looks different, uh, and they are designed, they were designed as a serpentine park by Kevaldi, um Brown, um, not quite sure what it technically means, serpentine, but it's just, I'm guessing it's like another name for um, the way it's uh, um, built, I suppose. Uh, if you do know more about it, let me know. I'm guessing it's a type of like architectural um, definition. Um, they have a nice wisteria section, uh, which is just right here in the distance. Uh, you can go to, and it's pretty, pretty cool. Um, and yeah, uh, it's, it's a big, big area. Like, I didn't even finish going. To this my last month, uh, but you can um, um, you can go and I believe recently the estate uh, gained the license to uh, from Natural England to host a few uh, four beavers, so they should be relocating there from 2023, um, and hopefully if you decide to go there you should be able to see the beavers. Um, let me see if I can get you a. A better picture of the um, of the um, wisteria because it is when I went it was really nicely uh, bloomed um, and you can like walk through it and it was definitely uh, one of the uh, focal points of our trip I would say oh yeah so they are grown on this section this image taken back in 2010 um looks like the wisteria still hasn't like bloomed on the border yet, but you can see them creeping up here uh but now they are fairly more mature than this picture shows on google um 
So, um, yeah, they look a lot better. Uh, the Wisteria, the garden. Um, if you don't know what the Wisteria is, it's uh, a blooming uh, plant, uh, a tree rather, and it's, it's really pretty um, when it's in bloom because it's like the flowers are really nice and they droop down and it's like you're in a fairy garden essentially. Speaking of um, fairy gardens, Trentham is also known for these uh, metal um, metal works of these fairies. Let me see if I can find a picture. Oh yeah, this is a figure of I think Perseus and Medusa. Um, by the way, just a point. Uh, but yeah, so dotted around the Trentham estate are these intricate metal works of fairies, and they were created by a local engineer, uh, I forget the name, um, but I, I think it's a, it's a gentleman, and he was uh, tasked in, find, in in making these unique, um, unique um, structures from wire, metal wires, uh, and he made these fairies, and you can find them dotted around, uh, the pictures don't do it justice, uh, but they are you know, there in the, um, if you go see it actually, it's nice. Oh, this is what I mean by the wisteria in bloom. It's very pretty. Um, but these fairies are also worth it. And there's, I think, quite a few of them around the estate. Let me see if I can um, find you what they look like. Um, so this is just the um, estate, uh, um, Website, I'll uh, link it up, don't worry. Um, here, discover the uh, fairies. Um, so, yeah, so I believe it's been around for 10 years and uh, except, and um, I think, yeah, Robin White was the gentleman, I believe, who created, um, created these uh, unique uh, sculptures. Um, so you're definitely worth a visit to see them, especially for uh, kids, you know. Um, so yeah, so that's just a uh, bit about the uh, Stockholm Trend City. Uh, I'm uh, looking at the time now for the recording and it's coming up to 55 minutes, so I'll try and stop now. Um, I will include all the list for all the things that I mentioned on here as web links. On the description box so you guys can check it out if you're when you're interested obviously there is more to stock on trend than just the places that i mentioned you know for example like uh water world and uh, it's like a themed water park uh they can go to as well you know any ages i suppose um and there's you know like i mentioned in my previous episode stoke's actually not far from alton towers which is right here um so short journey either you know by driving or by train or even by taxi so definitely well worth a visit and it's very well situated as well if you need to go to the peak district for hiking etc especially the south peaks part of it still belong to Staffordshire um so you know a place like um uh, Alstonfield um Alstonfield which is right there I think it's uh, it, it comes under the Derbyshire postcode, but it is kind of really close to Stoke on Trent, so uh, that's one of the nice places to go hiking if you're interested. Um, so, yeah, so that was just a bit about Stoke on Trent, and I hope um, you find it of interest.
and thank you very much for listening. I'll catch you guys in my next episode.